Hello, AMW family. If you're new here, welcome to Adoptee Meets World. This podcast spreads awareness of the adoptee experience, and I talk about how adoption has played a role in my life and the lives of my guests. Some of these conversations can be really serious, but they can also we can also have moments where we are laughing till our stomachs hurt. You know, it's it's balance. I don't want to spend too much time on this intro because I am very excited to get started, but it's important to note that this election is coming up. Elections tend to be important, but this one feels especially important. I'm honestly really anxious about it. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, and I'm waiting for my absentee ballot to come to me from New Jersey. But yeah, I'm not going to keep it a secret. My vote is blue, and sorry not sorry. You know, stick around if you want, but if you don't like it, you can keep going on with your day. So today, or I guess this this episode, I have with me Libby. Hello, Libby. Hello. And we are going to be talking about tough lessons we've learned. We have six lessons with, for you all, and we will be sharing about how we've learned and, you know, how they've been applying to our life. I know we've only been alive for 23 years, but in that time, we've had our own unique experiences where we have learned some tough lessons which I think have made us better in the long run but you know maybe during the time of learning those lessons it hasn't been the easiest and also if any of our older viewers have other lessons please make sure to let us know because we want to know what else there is out there and yeah also I have another little question for you Libby all right shoot are you ready oh man am i am i i don't know are you okay okay do you want to be a co-host on amw with me yes Ah! i just want to let you all know that she made me ask again to make sure that her reaction was going to be gentle to your ears because she screamed the first time yes um so congratulations we actually now have a new co-host libby she will no longer be a frequent guest i'm very excited i was you know, thinking about this for a little bit of time, but I wanted to take some time for myself to make sure that we would be good partners in this project. But homegirl stuck around for 23 years and she hasn't (laughs) left my crazy yet. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) you figure out who the keepers are. It's still going to mainly be you, though. She's going to make you do all the grunt work. She'll she'll share her voice with all of us. Yeah, I'll do the talking. That's what I'm good at. It's fine. Not butthurt or anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Great partnership. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, maybe that's less balanced, but whatever. (laughs) We we make it work. Um, So, yes, AMW now has a another co-host which I'm very excited about personally because as much as I love you know doing my little own thing it's nice to have someone else to do a podcast with especially because you are talking the entire time and if you know me or know me in real life there are some days I just want to shut up and be off on my own doing my own thing I totally thought you were gonna say there are some days where I can't shut up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just talk all the time, and then you no. went the opposite way. No, I really, like, maybe, okay. I personally no, have days when I just don't want to talk at all. That's, yeah, I feel like you. So having to come up with something for 20 to 40 minutes, maybe an hour, just isn't, you know, how I'm going to roll that day. But today, after overcoming some technical difficulties and a great new announcement, I think we're ready to jump into our six tough lessons that we've learned. Are you ready? Yep. 
Okay, so the first one is there is no timeline for life. And this is really just emphasizing to do things your own way at your own pace, break the rules, go to college or not, choose whatever work path you want to embark in. Yes, Libby, I don't know if you want to share a little bit how learning this lesson has affected you in your life. Yeah, this is definitely something that I still like struggle to do because when I was 10, I basically had my whole life planned out to the T and then it was going great and then it got kicked down and plans changed and then I redid basically my whole life plan and then I dropped out of college and I wanted to do my own thing and at that point it was basically like I can't compare my plans with other people's plans and I can't officially plan my life because S is gonna hit the fans so (laughs) yeah it's really important because otherwise like if you keep trying to plan things out for too long and too far in the future and then you get pushed back or something has to change it can be really jolting and feel almost traumatic like I'm not saying planning is a bad thing I definitely still plan out a lot but you know there's just some things that you can't control and if you try to control it that's going to be your life and you're not going to enjoy it yeah I I have to agree there I think for me too and I remember when you were deciding or like trying to decide if you wanted to drop out of college or not you were really torn and part of it was like well even if I take a break or I you know you go to school part-time you're going to be graduating when you're 24 mm-hmm. and I remember having this conversation with you and it's like well it's not necessarily about how like yes there is this whole societal blueprint that I guess it kind of gets like shoved down our throats from the ages of kindergarten through high school where we have to graduate high school when we're 18 and we have to start college and be done college by the time we're 22 and then by the time you're 25 you have to have landed your dream job and um, that's just not how a lot of things work and that's not how a lot of people's lives plan out just for various reasons also economic reasons college is expensive yeah if you're not into going to school then don't spend all that money on it I don't think there's any shame in maybe going and trying it out and you're like well I don't like this and I think being able to find the courage within yourself to decide what you do and don't like and what's best for you is really big yeah and I feel like our generation like millennials are like really changing the game in that aspect of like school mm-hmm. and like going to trade school or trying to start your own thing or networking and working your way up that way and like some things won't change like if you're a doctor you can't network your way into being a doctor yes please go to med school please don't be my doctor not have gone to med school (laughs) yeah but like I wanted to do wedding stuff and I was like I don't need a degree to sell wedding dresses right now which Mm -hmm. is like one of the main reasons why I quit and also because I was kind of failing out but we're going to skip over that part and yeah that's the other thing I want like when I I did go to college and I did graduate but I think my path with college was I kind of battled with it and you know I went to school I went in as a what did I go in as an international affairs major I thought I would 
come out having this really practical knowledge, whatever, blah, 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 whatever shit they feed you. And I was doing horribly my freshman year. Like academically, I literally don't think I had ever done worse in my life. And I had a horrible GPA, blah, blah, blah. There was this other person in my dorm who was in the art program and he was super, I don't even know how to describe him. He was wild, crazy, incredible, creative. And he had a very free personality. He was like, you know, just major in what you want. And so spring semester, freshman year, I changed my major to a studio art major. And I think had I not found my niche within that education system, I don't think I would have graduated or would have graduated with a really low GPA. And I know GPAs aren't everything, but having chosen my own, I guess, less mainstream path in even within college helped me feel successful because I don't know, I don't I don't think I would have wanted to spend money on getting an international affairs education when that's not something I was drawn to. Not that I'm I don't I don't know. Like I still think it's interesting, but it's just not what I was meant to be doing in college. And if you don't want to do college, like go to a trade school, find a job you're really interested in. You can definitely research online how to get into certain fields without having to go to college. And I I know the other thing, too, it's like maybe some people have a lot of family pressure. Maybe they come from a long line of doctors or engineers or whatever it may be. And there's this expectation that you're supposed to follow that path. If you want to follow it and it's your calling, go for it. But if you want to deviate away from it and figure out your own thing and your own rhythm, I don't think you should say no to it just because you might be a little bit scared or a lot of bit scared. Yeah. Okay. I think that kind of leads into number two, which is taking a leap of faith. This one definitely I feel like applies to me. I think one of my big ones was, you know, changing my major in college. When you are a college student, it's a big deal to choose your major and, you know, it's like everybody's supposed to be figuring out what they want to do for the rest of their life. And that was like probably could not be more untrue for me because, you know, I got my degree in art, but then I also really have a passion for working with people. And so I, when did I apply for Peace Corps? I think December 2018. Was it really that late? I thought. Yeah, I I'd applied right, like, I feel like a week or two before the deadline or like a few days before the deadline for the applications. In 2018? Yeah, because I graduated in 2019. Oh. Yeah, it had to have been 2018. Yeah, it had to have been because then yeah. you left September 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I applied 2018, and I was really unsure. I needed, like, a cl- my classmate kind of gave me that last kick to be like, you know what, Addy, just go apply, blah, blah, blah. And then, so, you know, that was, like, one leap of faith. I really had not – I kind of regret not have done – not doing more research than I did before going into Peace Corps, but I think it was definitely a leap of faith that I took, that I'm thankful I took. I came out of it, I think, changed in a way that I didn't really expect. I knew I'd be changed, probably a little bit more jaded, but I figure I think in doing Peace Corps, I was able to find my voice a little bit more, and I've set a lot more boundaries that I didn't know how to do before. So that was a big... I guess, switch in my life that I decided to take. And I didn't, you know, didn't really have it all planned out. But I was like, all right, I know this much. I'm going to go. 
and take it from there. Yeah, you were really like, didn't know if you should apply or not. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it was a conversation that was going on for like, definitely a couple months. Yeah. Well, and I talked to you about it too, because I was supposed to be made of honor at your wedding. And I was like, Libby, I have this thing. I don't know what to do. I don't don't even remember how that conversation went. But I was also really nervous that you were going to get mad at me for being like, I'm going to go do Peace Corps and not be at your wedding. (laughs) No. Yeah. The whole time this has been going on, I haven't been upset at her. Just so people know. (laughs) Yeah, no. She she doesn't hold it over my head. I promise. Like, we've had discussions about it. I still have my own guilt for not being there. But it was still something that, like, you genuinely were concerned about and I wanted like the biggest thing was I wanted her to know that like whatever's holding her back like the wedding should not be one of those reasons but yeah Libby she wasn't a bridezilla she was very understanding and she knew that this decision was a really big and that it meant a lot to me and so I think by Libby not flipping out on me I think that helped significantly (laughs) Yeah, and I think one of the reasons, too, that, like, well, I tried to be, like, yes, this is a good thing. I think you should definitely do it is because you did the uh, Helping Hands with Honduras. Students Helping Honduras, yeah. Yes, thank you. And she, like, that's something that you really enjoyed and you did it for a while. And I was, well, me not knowing anything about the Peace Corps, I was like, oh, this is just going to be a bigger version of that. That's (laughs) great for you. I think you should totally do that. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, Libby was really supportive, and I think if you are taking a leap of faith, it's important to find that support system of people who's going to help, who are going to help you do what you want to do. And again, my family was really supportive about it, too. I think it would have been more difficult if my family was very anti-Peace Corps and anti-me just leaving the country for what I thought would be two years, but would turned out to only be six months. Um, but yeah, so Libby, I guess, how does, I guess, when was the time you felt like you took a leap of faith? Well, when I was working at my restaurant job in, oh my God, what was it? I think 2016 to 2018. That feels right. Yeah. Um, that's like, I was doing school and full-time work and I was getting really run down. I was working like over 40 hours a week, open closed shifts with school that started at like 8 a.m. And finally, I was just like, I can't do this. And I was failing out of school. I'd gotten really sick. When I was living with Gung downtown and I was like mm-hmm. sobbing over my homework and I was like, I just can't do this. So I decided to quit school. And that was a huge thing because like, my husband and his whole family were really against it. And my mom was pretty against it. But I think she was trying to let me make the decision. And so I did that. Basically, with people telling me, like, that's not the best idea. And then I was like, you know, if I'm going to quit school, I need to do what I really wanted to do. And I really wanted to get into weddings. And I was like, all right. So I took, I was about to take a month off of work to go to China. And I was like, instead of just asking for the time off, I'm just going to straight up quit. And then when I get back, I'll look for a bridal job. And I don't highly recommend that because it could have gone really, really wrong. But the heavens were looking out for me. And I ended up getting a bridal job when I got back. But that was really scary. Like, being 
without job and then leaving the country for a month. They were just that whole two years was a big cluster crap. But I don't know. I think it was better. I was able to experience the job that I'd wanted since I was 10. Yeah, I don't know. It was for the better. I definitely feel better. And like, I'm really happy where I'm at now. But yeah, I think well, even when you were quitting school, I remember you would you're or like, I guess, in the process of deciding if you wanted to quit school or not you would call me and we'd have these long discussions and you're like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those things when you are taking that leap of faith, you have to trust your intuition. And, you know, Libby could have finished school, but she would have been miserable and in all this debt. And instead she was able to be like, you know what? No, this is what I'm going to decide to do. This is what's best for me. And I think that had you listened to other people and been like, no, go to school, finish school. Like, I don't know if it really would have served you. I don't know that going to school yeah. maybe was your best option. Because like you said, you're in a really good spot now and you're happy with the decisions that you've made. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if I had gone to, if I had finished school, I would have just been, had a business marketing degree. And I don't even know like how that would have helped me. And I've always said, and it still rings true, that, like, if I get to a point in my career where I do need a degree, I will go back. But being feeling like you're forced to do something that you're not really into, especially for the amount of money that American education is, it just didn't seem worth it. And, like, honestly, if I had done that, like, Gung and I probably wouldn't have been able to buy a car now. Yeah. And, I mean... Plus, with him out of a job now, it would have been even more stress. There were just so many things that would have been askew. I feel like in all my careers, it's been a huge leap of faith. Because when I left the bridal job, I, again, didn't have a job lined up. I had something really big coming up. I had the wedding coming up. I've not made the best choices, but when it comes to your gut, like, you can't. You really can't ignore it, because otherwise it's just going to sit with you. Yeah. So, number three. You can create your own family. So maybe other people call it your chosen family. But essentially what this is, is that I guess especially looking at this from the point of an adoptee, to me, family is a very fluid, malleable structure that can change. And of course, I have my legal family who, you know, my parents who adopted me and then their siblings are my aunts and uncles and cousins. There's all that. But at the end of the day, those are just kind of people with their names on documents whatever like my birth certificate but just because those people have those labels you also need to look around look at people around you and learn who like I guess look around you and meet people because you don't really know what you could find and not that I'm not close to my cousins but I'm just not super close to my cousins we haven't or I guess most of my cousins we haven't talked in a long time we don't talk too often I still care about them it's not like I'm like oh screw you but we just I don't know we just don't keep in touch on a daily basis and I think that's okay I think one of my cousins is up in New York thriving the other one's in the military and I have another cousin who's in California living out her life at the same time I also have really close friends who I've known for anywhere from I guess 17 to 23 years who have been my chosen family and these people have been to funerals with me they've celebrated christmas with me we were adopted together you know so 
you can have your chosen family and maybe you don't have a good relationship with your legal or biological family, but you don't need to let that run you into the ground. Um, because I do really think that you can create a chosen family out of the people that you meet throughout your life. Yeah, I think it's really important to have those really close friends that are family that can support you and that can help you when things get rough and that you can do vice versa. And if you're having trouble with your biological family, then you always have that other family, you know, your your chosen family to go to. And I think that's really important because everybody needs everybody needs to be able to talk to people about situations and mm-hmm. it's really you can't do that without you know close-knit friend group like you can't talk to your mom about every little thing that's bugging you about your mom at this one time yeah <laughs> I don't know I just I think it's good to I think this is especially applicable with, with maybe when you have a rocky relationship with your family mm-hmm. and being able to have people in your life who are your chosen family and have them to be that familial support system when the family structure you're born or adopted into isn't sufficing. And those friends who become family, you don't have to know them for 20 years. They could be a friend of two weeks and then, you know, before you know it, you're friends 50 years later. It it doesn't really, I don't want to say there has to be a time limit on it. Um, yeah. But, you know, just there could be people who walk into your life and then they turn into your family. I think at the same time, you want to be careful about settling for toxicity in your life. Maybe you're really looking for that family support system and you meet somebody or someone's in your family who could be that, but there's still a level of toxicity in it. I would be careful and caution you from my own experience to start taking steps to cleanse yourself of that social circle because it can be really draining and damaging to you. Um, That's, I guess, another little point 3B, lesson 3B that I've learned is just cleanse yourself of the toxicity because it can do a lot of damage in the long run. Yeah, if you have people around you that are the drama and stirring the pot, it can be really exhausting to keep up with. Yeah, and also surrounding yourself with like that and making yourself stressed and anxious, like make sure you are around people that look at the positive things in life. Yeah, I think in 2020, this is especially important. People who have different belief systems to a degree, I think that's okay. But when you're having disagreements on human rights, that that's where I'm learning to draw the line and draw my own boundaries with people and Part of it is just like to protect protect myself because I only have so much energy I can put out into the world. If people around me are also sucking energy from me because of disagreements on important topics, I don't think that, I don't know, I just think it's something that you need to be careful of and start building boundaries because I recently started doing that and it's not easy, but it's helped me. Okay, number four, hold off on assumptions, especially about others. I'll use Peace Corps again as an example just because it was my most recent situation when I was really being forced to 
be in like a physical area with complete strangers. I, you know, like you're in a room of like 30 some new people. You don't know anybody. You're all feeling awkward and like it's high school orientation again, but you're adults and it's weird. So I was in that situation doing orientation with Peace Corps and, you know, looking around me, there's all these new people. I didn't know literally anyone, but I was really being conscious of biting my tongue and holding off on assumptions because little did I know so two of the people in the room would be my site mates and a bunch of others would be friends who I you know, we made it out on the other side with together. So I think it's really important to just hold off on any assumptions you have. You don't know people. Give them a chance to open up and share about themselves and then, you know, make your judgment of if you want to be friends with them or not. But making blind assumptions, I think, can be really risky because had I put it in my head the first weekend that X, Y, and Z people I didn't want to be friends with and A, B, and C I did want to be friends with, that would be completely... I think it would just be cutting off possible friendships that I'm thankful that I have now. Yeah, I think, like, when you assume things about people, then you can either become friends with the wrong people, you know? For example, like, a lot, well, not as much now, but, like, back way when, when, like, people would assume that the guy with tattoos is the big scary person and to, like, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. but in reality they're probably the n- nicer than your next door neighbor you can't judge a book by its cover especially now mm-hmm. in my opinion like my opinion and you can get mixed up in so much drama with he said she said also get to know the person make your own some like make your own opinions and then honestly if it's not hurting anybody else then just let other people make their opinions about the person yeah and the other thing too it's like when you are making those judgments you don't know who like you could get caught up in the wrong crowd because you're hoping for one thing and you made judgments about some or assumptions about somebody. And so you also get caught up in that wrong environment. But at the same time, you could be judging someone based on how they look and you just don't maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say you don't know better because I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're old enough to be able to make judgments about people, good or bad. But if you're judging people based on how they look or their tattoos or piercings or whatever. I mean, I have tattoos. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean I'm cold. It doesn't mean I'm this intense hard ass who doesn't want to talk to anybody. But, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who see my tattoos and they judge me and they're like, oh, she's probably X, Y, and Z. But they're making assumptions and they don't even, they haven't even taken the time to get to know me number five yeah sure um speak up and advocate for your needs i think that's something that people especially now are starting to learn that it's okay to do um if you you need to be able to like set personal boundaries and you need to be able to say like hey this is something that i need because if you can't if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of the people around you and I feel like you you need to be able to like advocate for yourself and mm-hmm. you can't let yourself be miserable because there's something that you could do to help yourself but you didn't and that's something that's easier said than done like there are definitely times where even if it's something small <clears throat> when I was in China I was too scared to ask for water because I didn't know I knew my Chinese was really bad but I needed water like 
it could be something as small as that or it could be something really big i need you as a support right now because i'm going through some shit Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to get what you need (laughs) be yeah like feel comfortable to say it and be feel comfortable to get it yeah and even if you don't feel comfortable but you know you need it say it anyway and also i think this applies to when you're working if you're in a work environment and you need something but maybe you're a little bit afraid of your boss i think you should speak up anyway or talk to a trusted coworker about how to handle the situation because we spend a lot of time at work and i know a lot of us you know we're working from home right now or maybe even if you're not we still need to make sure that our needs are being met when we're in the professional environment because if not, then that's really unsustainable and you won't be able to show up every day. Yeah, and you'll feel miserable and you won't be able to do what you want to do as well as you can do it. Yeah, exactly. So I think this this rule definitely applies when you're in social, I guess, like your own personal life, but also professionally. Yeah, I feel like you, like, you also need to speak up about like your personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like with your friends or your family or with coworkers, and you have a right to feel safe with yeah. people that you're around. And if they don't like it, then they can get out of your life. Yeah, honestly, though. And it's, I think it's easier said than done because, again, like after I came home from Peace Corps, I like, I don't know, I had like some flame under my ass or something where I just flipped a switch and I think I'm a lot better at advocating my advocating for myself now and making those boundaries even though it's really difficult it's not easy and it can cause I guess some pain on either end but yeah. the boundaries that I've put up now I think have in the long term helped me because my anxiety is reduced I'm not stressed out as much as I was I'm not feeling like I'm walking on eggshells or that I have to filter cater what I'm saying to align with the other person's views. Yeah. There was like... Go ahead. There was a time in high school when I was still... I think it was either with when I was with my ex or when I was breaking up with him or something. And Addie... I think that was the first time that Addie and I had like ever had like a real serious adult conversation when she was was like... Is that with you? Yeah, and you were, she confronted me and was basically like, you only come to me when you have a problem. You don't ask me how I've been. Basically, she was pointing out how, honestly, like how narcissistic I was. And I think that was a huge turning point for the both of us because not only was she speaking up for herself because I had treated her really badly during those couple of years that I was with my ex and our relationship had definitely like taken its toll also she was putting me in my place telling me what she needed from me and if she hadn't had done that we probably wouldn't be here where we are today yeah I think too because how I remember it I think I was upset because I guess maybe that was it but there was something else I remember uh, to a certain point not that we tried to go back to normal but I told you it's like I can't just bounce back from this I need my own space and like we can I'm not canceling you but I just need time little by little to get back to it and I think I mean, clearly we did make it through that, but it's also important to think about what was going on. I'm not going to share it because that's Libby's own story and her own personal thing. But what was going on was a lot of intense 
stuff, to say the least, I think. Yeah. And had I been more mature and looked back on it differently, I would have maybe approached that with a little bit more empathy and understanding. Because now looking back, you know, 23, having a little bit more understanding, I definitely could have maybe not ripped Libby such a big asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was good. Like, like, honestly, because, like, now I now I can think about it and I can see maybe I've been neglecting to ask about her day or you know yeah honestly like if people didn't call me out I would probably be the biggest narcissist I would just talk about myself <laughs> all day and it like sometimes I do need that switch where I'm like I am concerned about you I know mm-hmm. I like haven't asked that I'm concerned about you or shown that But, like, I really want to make an effort because I do want to hear about your day and, like, all this stuff. But even then, like, especially way back then, Mm -hmm. like, of course I wanted to hear about what was going on in her life. But I was so self-absorbed at that point that, like, it would completely slip my mind. And I was using her more as, like, a therapist. And so I think it was really good that, like, when she finally, like, said something. Because, like, now we both can look at it. I like yeah but I think you needed it too and I yeah. think I needed it too and I think we did like, wake up call for like I think it was kind of a wake-up call for us both yeah and then it did take like a couple months a year maybe to finally say, it felt like, like a couple years maybe even yeah like to really from like from the fight to when we're like really solid back in it again I think it co- took a couple years I think it was all the way up until like the the last New Hampshire trip shit or not new hampshire the drummond island so yeah Yeah, drummond island like that would have been like a solid year yeah at the least yeah but honestly i think it gave i think it was a good thing because i think it gave addy a backbone a backbone that she had that she just never used or didn't use as much and then it also showed me that like it would it would be okay for me and other aspects of my life to do what she did to me like mm-hmm. maybe not as harsh but <laughs> like it like obviously like we didn't lose each other as friends from her speaking out what she needed and if we did then honestly she like we probably shouldn't be friends but we didn't so like yeah. does that make sense like if they react so poorly that it ends the friendship like mm-hmm. are they really you need to consider like are what are they bringing to your friendship that is unique yeah. and actually beneficial because otherwise you're just stressing each other out for no gain mm-hmm. and it's not it wouldn't be worth it and that's like another thing it's like your chosen family shouldn't yeah shouldn't be causing you tension because like with that fight we could have easily just been like i'm done i'm out i don't want to talk to you anymore and we yeah. could have cut it off and that i think yeah. that would have been the really easy thing to do right but between the work libby put on her end and the work that i put on my end for just I think working through and forgiving and trying to step back and understand what was going on and I guess now looking at it almost like eight ish years later and after I guess just learning a little bit more about life and the shit that happens in it I see where both of us were coming from yeah absolutely I can look at younger Libby with compassion and be like well she was going through an intense amount of shit at that time and it was difficult and she needed a support system and I was that support system, but how she was reaching out negative effectively, negatively affected, affected me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there was like that 
I guess, back and forth of giving, 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 and then taking, 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 and then yeah. it just wasn't a good balance. But then, again, like Libby said, with that chosen family, they're going to stick around for the good shit and the bad shit. So, yeah, because there are definitely like things like after that. That, mm-hmm. like, I was learning so much about you that, like, had been going on simultaneously at the same time that everything was happening to me, but I just never asked. Yeah. And just, you know. But I think, too, that's another good reminder to be, like, check in on your friends. Yeah, you're going yeah. through a shit time, but, like, you don't know what they're going through until you ask. Right. And maybe they want to talk about it, but they don't feel like there's a space to talk about it. So I, just, I think with that lesson, we learned, too make space for others and you know realize that yeah we're going through shit but so so is everybody else right uh, i know we freaking made it now yeah, here we, we are <laughs> on opposite ends of the country and co-podcast hosts Woo. so if anyone says long distance doesn't work let me tell you it works it's worked for 23 years because we've literally had almost no other way you know we were crib mates or we're like long distance sisters. That's that's yeah. what <laughs> that's all we can do. Okay, I guess are you ready for the last one? Yes. Okay. Number six. Be open to oh that sounded really peppy. Um Number six. Number six. Let's go. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else, however you identify, be open to changing your mind. I had another conversation with a Peace Corps friend, and we were talking about a really heavy topic regarding being in prison or jail and the rehabilitation systems. And I was expressing, I think, like a strong level of disgust I had towards people who were sexual assault perpetrators and how I was like, I was just really pent up. I was angsty. I was not, I'm like not, um, I found it really hard at that time in myself to forgive people who were to sexually assault somebody else. But then the counter argument from this person I was having a conversation with was like, yeah, they did something wrong, but you can either punish them, do nothing while they're in um, prison or, you know, jail, whatever it is, or you can help rehabilitate them because chances are really good if they're sexually assaulting somebody it's due to their own past trauma and something else that happened previously in their life so that's where it changed my mind that's I know it's a really heavy topic but that's something that it's like well initially I guess I wasn't super for I hate to admit it looking back I'm really kind of grossed out with myself but that's growth you know so originally I wasn't super not that I was against rehabilitation but in that instance I guess in that situation I was really against forgiving those people but at the same time after having that conversation with the other person and hearing their understanding of them like yeah I do see that point of view and from that conversation my mind has been changed I think that just because someone gets arrested or does something wrong I think that they do deserve um, resources to do better that is if they want to because I think you know, we all fuck up. There's no manual to life. There's no manual on how to heal from trauma and mistakes, serious mistakes happen. But at the same time, I think you could argue that there is room for improvement in the rehabilitation system and 
you know, dealing with people who maybe have sexually assaulted someone else or they did get into selling drugs, like, get behind the why and start providing these people with the resources so they don't feel like they have to resort to maybe seemingly unhuman things or inhumane things to cope with it. I don't know if that made sense, but... Yeah, and, like, even, like, there are going to be people that won't take it, the rehabilitation, and, like, it'll weed them out, but at least you gave them an option or, like, Mm -hmm. a tool, and you're not just, you know... Giving up on them. Right. Yeah, so I think, I don't know, just being open to admitting you're wrong and admitting that... Or just being open to having like another point of view because I don't think had I had had I not had that conversation, I don't think I would realize just how important rehabilitation is because, yeah, someone can maybe get addicted to drugs or they can get into, I don't know, some not so great thing. But there is but I don't think that's that means there's no hope for that person. Um, This the conversation I had showed me that, you know, there is hope for that person and that they deserve the time of day to be given opportunities to do better because they're still here in this lifetime and they still got time to pass, so. Um, I definitely think that, especially this political climate, you need to be able to absorb the information that people are giving you, even if it's not the same opinion that you have, and be able to act i think a lot of i think people in this day and age have a huge problem with active listening where like you while the other person is talking to you you're already thinking of your response and you're not fully absorbing everything that they're saying and then taking a minute to form your response and then speak i think a lot of times people are just so constantly go 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 that that's why we get in these heated arguments where like if it's like something political and one person says something and the other person just go like interrupts and just goes in there and ch- and states their idea you're not you're not going to get to a point you're just overlapping with your own opinions mm-hmm. and i think it's really important that you listen and absorb what people are telling you because you know maybe maybe it'll change your opinion yeah whether you know it's good or bad maybe you'll change their opinion or you know i think i think it's really important not to just shut down and go my way or the highway yeah and i think that especially applies when you're having a conversation with somebody who doesn't have experience in that field so like when i was using my example of talking about providing more rehab rehabilitation for people who are incarcerated I have like zero experience working or knowing people who have been incarcerated for any amount of time but the person I was having a conversation with did have that experience so that was my opportunity to just like shut up listen and see what that person had to say to see if I could learn something and like Libby's saying when we're in such a heated political environment I don't even know if it's it's not even political I would almost argue because these are human rights issues like you know being pro-choice is a human rights thing right you know so I think some of these issues unfortunately they are being made political but they're human rights issues in my very strong opinion on that so 
if you're having a conversation with somebody who's expressing their feelings over maybe racism or LGBTQIA plus experiences, and you're not a part of that demographic, it's especially important for you to shut up and have your brain challenged and maybe have your mind changed because you don't, I don't want to say you don't have a say, but you kind of don't have a say unless you're supporting this person of that marginalized and oppressed group. And I don't know, maybe that's that's coming off as very um, like closed and I don't want to hear anything, but I don't, I just don't think it's like, it's not my place to be criticizing Black Lives Matter when I'm not a black person in the United States. My job is to be an ally and show up for them where I can and learn as much as I can. You can't pick and choose. Like, you can't pick which parts of the community you want to support. You can't choose which parts of racism you want to support. You don't, I don't know, it's just not, it's not up to debate anymore. And it's like, you're all in or you're not. Even if you're like, oh, something's about race are okay but other things aren't like you can't i don't know it's you can't pick and choose you're either advocating for it or you're not there are definitely groups of people that can work on better communication and better learning about what they're talking about and then vocalizing it in a polite yet assertive manner if that makes sense like on both sides of everything I think that, like, if you're talking to someone about a topic and they have a direct affiliation or, like, experience with it, then you need to listen to what they're saying. Like, and that goes for, like, both sides, too, in my opinion. Your life experiences are going to change your opinion on things and like if you have one experience and another person doesn't your opinion is going to be different like if you like if you versus somebody who's always had uh home security then like your opinions are going to differ and i think it's really 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 important for both people to listen to the experiences of the other and then form your opinion and like in my opinion, some opinions are wrong, like really wrong, and it's not something that I can negotiate with. But also, like, you can't just shoot it down without letting them tell their side if you're going to tell your side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, once you're done talking and saying, like, saying what needs to be said, then you have your you have your right to form your opinion based on your experiences and the information that you've taken in. But, like, you know, before then, I don't think you... you can make an informed opinion and you know also though like the human rights things i don't think is an opinion i think that's like it's like (laughs) non-negotiable yeah but like some people think it is and i think that's wrong and that's you know my opinion i guess but i just think that like if you don't listen to the other person and then state like absorb it and then state your opinion then you're becoming the same as the other side if that makes sense yeah well and if you're coming from a place of privilege so like let's use race for example if you're coming from a stance where you're having a discussion with somebody and someone of color is explaining to a white individual that x y and z are racist 
then it's racist. Like, there's no, like, oh, it's a little bit racist, but that's okay, because it's only a little bit racist, and it's only a little bit offensive. But you can't do this super offensive stuff. Like, no, I'm sorry. Put that bullshit away. Like, it's all offensive. You're playing into white supremacy. It's not okay. Like, that's just no. Like, if you're coming from a place of privilege, that's your turn to hold your tongue and listen to that person. Because you, I don't know, just, like, you're either going to fully support that person or you're not. You can't pick and choose what parts of racism you're okay with and aren't okay with. Right. And that goes for other human rights and, like, oppressed groups. You don't get to pick and choose what part of an identity you can support or not. Right. And it's with those attitudes that these systems, like these cycles of racism and oppression, get continued. Yeah. What were you saying? Sorry. I was talking to a friend, and, like, they were, like, we were talking about uh, maternity pay on maternity Mm -hmm. leave. And they were, like, I don't think that women should get maternity pay because they're not working. And I was, like what (laughs) and I was like I think that's not I I said it was horrible I was like I think that's horrible and I was like so if I was on maternity leave and you know I had just had a baby would you want me to get maternity pay and they were like yeah but that's different and I'm like no 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 I was like you cannot pick the people that you like to get maternity pay or not you pick all of them or you pick none of them and by you know, trying to only pick one, you're picking none. And mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah, you don't get to pick and choose. It's not like when you're supporting right. somebody who's coming from a marginalized demographic, you don't get to pick and choose what part of their identity you can support. Right. It's- but like, let also be known that I did listen to their like whole side yeah. of what they were saying. And like, I could see where they're coming from. But as a woman, which this person was not, I felt the need yeah. to assert my opinion into their brain harshly, but whatever. Yeah. And I think, like, the conversation I was having with somebody, it's like, I think on my end, yeah, I could, probably could have done a little bit of a better job listening. But at the same time, a white person doesn't get to tell me what is and isn't okay when it comes to racism. Right. Or if somebody has an experience... Yeah, if someone has been in it, has the experience, like, you need to listen to them. Granted, I will say that, like, on a few occasions, there are times where people will have experiences on either side, and it's going to be completely different, but each side needs to listen, and then you can get into your debate, in my personal opinion. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. It's just, like, at the end of the day, like, be ready to having your mind changed. Because yeah. I think that's I do how think that goes. I think it does go for both sides. For sure. I mean, I'm sure there are things that I think now that I'm not going to think even next year. And like I said earlier, that's that's growth. Yeah. So I guess that's all we have for you all this time, this episode. Thank you so much, Libby, for accepting my podcast proposal. I'm so Thanks excited. For the invite. You're welcome. Uh, I don't have like a ring or anything for you that's Gung's job but (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm very happy to, you know, be able to do this project with you. I think it means a lot. I think it's something really special that you and I will have, you know, long term down the road. We would love to know what kind of lessons you've learned. Maybe you learned some of the lessons that we have listed today or there are other life lessons that you've learned. Let us know in an email, DM or the comments. There's no life manual, but I do think that we can learn a lot from sharing our experiences with each other. If you want to share your thoughts, please email us at adoptingmeetsworld.gmail.com or you can leave us a DM or comment on Instagram at adoptingmeetsworld underscore. If you're listening on iTunes or another platform where you can rate AMW, please leave a review. Let us know what you think. Make sure to leave five stars and let us know your thoughts. Hopefully they're good thoughts, but if they're not, we will take the feedback and hopefully improve upon it. Make sure to share AMW with your friends or family. Also, we are coming up on the election, so make sure that you are voting. Like I said, I'm waiting for my absentee ballot. Um, I know they're being really strict about what envelopes to send the ballots in, so make sure you go online and follow those rules or else votes won't get counted. It's not a secret. I will be voting for Biden. Libby, I think, is also voting for Biden. Not voting for Trump. Okay, so she's voting for Biden. Um... I feel like I am settling because I'm kind of choosing the lesser between two evils. Uh, contradictory to my lessons learned, I will not be changing my mind in this uh, area of my life because my beliefs heavily carry over into the AMW atmosphere and this space is open and accepting. People come to learn, share experiences. Um, I want people to feel welcome when they come into AMW. We have a zero tolerance policy for hate and prejudice some important things that i believe in and i'm sure libby can also back me up on is that love is love no person is illegal black is beautiful and black lives matter and i'm pro-choice and i will talk to you all soon bye